0: Hello, everybody. Uh, sorry about the late start. This is the weekly edition of the UGA Sports Live podcast. My name is Roddy Nabolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the former Georgia head football coach, and the main reason everyone is tuning in. And uh, we, we do this show each week mainly because uh, our sponsors let us, and they do a great job of keeping us afloat and keeping uh, the information rolling. So a big shout-out to our friends at Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie, Athens Ford, and Dead Soxie. So give them a, sh- a shot uh, when you need any of their items. We greatly appreciate it. It is week two of Georgia Spring practice. They have a practice this afternoon. Uh, we will be able to speak with the uh, a couple of the uh, superstars of this team after that practice. There will be some open viewing periods. Uh, The media will be allowed in for about uh, 15 minutes or so around 430. And uh, they just sent us a note 90 seconds ago saying that uh, after practice, we will also be able to speak to Kirby Smart. Well, earlier we didn't think we were going to get him, but we're going to to talk to Stetson Bennett, Keely Ringo and uh, Warren McClendon this afternoon. So we should have a lot of good uh, practice observations coming your way, as well as uh, updates with uh, you know the starting quarterback, the star of uh, the uh, uh, pick six in the national title game, uh, one of your big offensive linemen, and the head man himself, Kirby Smart. Uh, Coach, I want to go to you first right off the bat. Uh, week two of practice is here. Uh, we didn't get to see anything in week one, uh, but my guess is we didn't miss a whole lot.
1: Well, you know, from a perspective of a coach looking at it, uh, maybe a little different than you as far as what what they were able to get accomplished. I, I just feel like the carryover value of having a starting quarterback, of having some established uh, offensive linemen, and uh, the fact that uh, defensively they've got some guys that have practiced just maybe not played in, in key roles help the team get ready to, to maybe be a little further along than most teams would be going into uh, spring practice. And we've mentioned it on this show before the extra time that you get to uh, meet with the players throughout uh, February and March uh, really helps you get your uh, install, what we call putting in your offense, defense, and special teams, really special teams in the, in the spring, mostly work on punt and punt return because, kickoff and kickoff return, be something they can work a lot more. And and then you also work a little bit on your field goal and extra point. But overall, I I would say that uh, just the the way we branch things out, having a day in between each practice gives you a chance to really do a lot of teaching. And the fact that we've got four new coaches helps uh, them uh, not have their, the hammer down where every day they're having to, you know, study something new. And they got plenty of time in between practice to analyze themselves as a coach and how they fit. And they're learning what to do as far as our practice, uh, tempo and, uh, you know, knowledge of, of the system that they're uh, employing now. So I would say that the first week has been good just because you you got four new coaches and a chance to look at a lot of new players. So, uh, it's going to be, uh, and from what I understand, we did have one young man that hurt his ACL, a kid from over here at uh, Athens uh, that went to Prince, a good little receiver. But I uh, hate that. Hope he'll get well quick. Mm-hmm. But I haven't heard of any really major injuries except we knew Bowers was going to be out. And then also uh, the fact that Washington got hurt and had to repair his foot. So uh, overall, I feel like uh, things are – Ready for some questions here. Let's get rocking.
0: <laughs> I like the way uh, Dave, uh, I like the way Coach mentions it. it's like, okay, the new coaches are in. They, they worked, with, and Cedric Van Pram was saying, look, we have terminology that we use on the offensive line, and Stacey Sears has his terminology, and we're melding it together, which, as, as Coach points out, you get that day between where you say, okay, guys, I want to call it this, you call it this, and they meet in the middle. But Coaches ticks off, get the new coaches oriented. Injuries. <laughs> that's the one and number two of uh, that first week of spring practice. I think that's really appropriate. Yeah, so give, it, give us your thoughts, Dave.
2: You know, a guy like Cedric Van Pran, it's pretty interesting that you mentioned him, because when Kirby Smart's saying that in the spring is when things slow down and you can really do a lot of that, like one on one teaching or the tutelage of how all of this works. Uh, Cedric Van Pranden was the new guy last year, right? He, he was yeah. the new guy on the offensive line. And then you wake up a couple of months after winning a national championship, and he's a veteran on this team. And people are going to look to him to say, how are you doing things? Because that's, that's how we need to be operating ourselves. And it, that's one of the great things about college athletics, but particularly with this Georgia team. All you have to do is look at the NFL draft and see, all right, here are all these defensive linemen and inside linebackers going pro. That means there's a ton of opportunity for playing time for guys that are still on campus. And I think that's the most exciting thing about spring for Georgia, which defensive linemen emerge to take those spots, which inside linebackers stand out from the pack. And then at tight end, when you don't have Bowers and Washington, is it going to be Gilbert? Is it going to be Delp? Is it going to be Gody? I mean, there's a lot of options. Uh, because, either, frankly maybe. Th- there's there availability in playing time, so I think that's going to be exciting um, to, to see what happens now that they can slow it down and really focus on development. Yeah, I yeah. want to
1: just give one little uh, If anybody ever listens to me and uh, feels like they need to do what I say, you need to take nine minutes and listen to Cedric Van Pran on YouTube and listen to this young man, a freshman in college, been here about a year, and the way he's able to articulate his own thoughts, but also his feelings about the program and about his role and everybody else's role, and talking about the ex coach that he lost, but also talking about the new coach. I mean, if you would, it was like, if you, like he was reading from a teleprompter, but he, he didn't. <laughs> but I, I mean that sincerely because yeah, every, every point that you would like for a young man to make and every representation that you would like for your program to uh, be articulated was that from a young man from Louisiana. And I was just thinking to myself, holy moly, this guy right here, I mean, he's he's got such a great future because his ability, but his ability to uh, communicate, which is one of the reasons why you go to college. I mean, you can talk all you want to by getting a degree. It's great. But and Dane's in a school where he – of, of, of the university where you have to learn how to communicate and all,
2: but learning how to
1: meet and deal with people and learning how to uh, be around people from different backgrounds and all that is part of college, but particularly on a team. And I thought he did a really good job of talking about how he was challenged all fall about going against Davis and White and all those guys. And the same thing is going to be true for these young D linemen. Now they're going to be challenged going against these more experienced O-lines. So, Take nine minutes and listen to it because it'll be, uh, I mean, you can, I mean, even if you get fired at your job, you'd be worth getting fired over to listen to it <laughs> get caught. So, good God. I got a guy like that playing for Georgia and talking. I mean, it's just very impressive to me. I mean, about as impressive as I've heard any young guy talk in a long time.
0: Yeah. I love going down to see him. I went and made a couple trips to catch him in, uh, New Orleans, uh, he is an absolute. You just riot.
2: wanted to go get the beignets. You didn't want to go see Cedric well, yeah.
0: Van Pran. Hey, it, it's a win-win. You work know? expense, right? Yeah, exactly. Are <laughs> uh, you, you you take off all that uh, Pat O'Brien's uh, Hurricanes? You charge them to the company and say, "Yeah, I'm here to see oh. uh, Cedric Van, whatever his name is." Yeah, that's how that's how it works. But no, I talk. <laughs> no, I talk. Um, I talk very guy, little. He, he'll blow your doors off. He's he's fantastic.
1: I talk very little about recruiting because I don't keep up with it like you guys do, or like like all our people like Jen May and, and Blaine, all those guys do a terrific job, but you know, occasionally I'll be over there and I'll just say something. I remember two years ago and I said to Kirby, I said, what in the heck are we trying to recruit a kid out of Louisiana for? I mean, what's the chance of us getting the old line? He said, well, I feel the same way a lot of times. He said, but i tell you, Pittman really thinks we can get this guy. He, he feels good about it. And you know, we got to go for him. And I said, well, I mean, that." he doesn't talk to me much about recruiting, but I just said that just out of the blue. And I remember him saying, hey, uh, Pittman really feels good. And, you know, when he does, uh, that makes me feel like we got a good shot. Well, he had a good, uh, I remember when he came up here in the summer uh, before that, after I'd talked to him, uh, excuse me, before I talked to him and then after I did, the, the, the young man came up here for that visit when we had that, those water fights and all that stuff in the summer, and Keeley Ringo was in here, and all these other guys, and and uh, Washington, and but Van Pran was just just running for governor out there. I mean, he got moved yeah, around. You know, I always kid people when he somebody goes with me, and then we're at a place, and we're supposed to be hanging out, and then the guy moves around and talks to everybody in the room, and I asked him, I said, "What are you doing, running for governor?" And you know, I mean. This guy has got really good people skills and a good player. I mean, to start as a true freshman and offensive line on a national championship team, I mean, that's a heck of a quality uh, to have. And that's enough about that. But take those nine minutes, and if you get fired, I can help you get some unemployment insurance. Up. I work hard for it. But, uh, listen to it on your job. It's worth it.
2: You can find um, those interviews from spring practice on our YouTube channel at ugasports.com. Subscribe if you haven't already because that helps us out.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, well, recruiting is changing a lot, and uh, we have a, I, we do actually have some recruiting questions. We also have some pra- uh, questions about spring practice. I know I have received a ton of them, but Dane, I want uh, you to start off with the questions because we want to take folk take care of the folks at the dog vent because they are our subscribers. They they pay, they pay the bills. And uh, we want to answer their questions. I guarantee you, if there's a question on the dog vent, then that same question exists all over Dog Nation. So hit us up with the uh, first one there.
2: This one is from UGA. Yeah, this one from UGA PZ. If coach had control over non conference scheduling, what matchups or venues would he like to see Georgia play in?
1: I like to play the Little Sisters of the Poor every week. I mean, you can talk all you want to about everybody else, but I'm not caring about that. Now with the with the way we got these other teams coming in the league, uh, yeah. Obama and Texas, you're going to probably play nine games instead of eight. Uh, I mean, I, I'm all for making some of these trips and all for everybody, but uh, from a coaching perspective, I mean, you, you got nine big big games every year, and, I mean, maybe play – you know, you're going to play Tech, so that's ten, which I don't – at this point, you know, it hadn't turned into much of a battle the last few times, but it could be. You never know. But uh, as far as who – if I had my druthers and, wasn't, and weren't worrying about winning or losing, then where would I like to play uh, from our perspective? You know, uh, certainly I'd like to go out to the Coliseum, go to L.A., play. That's my uh, thought too. That's a tremendous venue, uh, just so much history when you walk in there uh, and coach in that game. Uh, we actually played that game seriously uh, against USC and didn't have a tight end. We we had three tight ends down uh, when when I was at Oklahoma and uh, we played a we played a tackle. I mean we we put a, a lineman's uh, a, t- a tight end's number on him, but uh, I mean it was ridiculous. But we had one play that we called the Trojan Special, which worked. <laughs> And it worked, there was a yo-yo play for us in the wishbone, but, you know, where we faked up in there and, and then had, threw it back to the quarterback and he threw it and the guy was so wide open. I mean, they don't think of about wishbone, you throw a yo-yo play like that. Yeah. You know, Lee Flicker and Carl Cabanas, who unfortunately has passed away recently, uh, caught that for a touchdown, but we lost to him. I mean, I that we, as one of the big losses we had at Oklahoma, we didn't lose many games. But, uh, I would play there, and then uh, that would be one game. And then the next year, uh, I like to play Clemson home and home, you know, a couple years just just to go over Death Valley. Uh, Good place to play. Uh, Then maybe go up to Penn State, uh, have them have a whiteout and play there and kick their ass. Uh, uh, They wouldn't come down here and play. They don't like grits. You can't have that at pregame meal. And then maybe <laughs> in the Midwest, uh, maybe go up to Michigan and play in the big house. Just uh, give them a chance to play us again so we can pull the fronts <laughs> down again.
2: Roddy, where do you want to go cover a game that you haven't?
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> Texas AM. <laughs> yeah.
0: We just We're good to go out there sometimes. I've been to every SEC stadium, but that one. Uh, I started to laugh at the grit slide. Uh, I, I actually, I want to go to Ohio State. I would like to see that one time. But most of yeah. all, and I know uh, what I really want to see, and I know it doesn't involve Georgia's, i got to go to an Army-Navy game. I, I mean, I just –
1: Hey, mm-hmm. that's that's a great venue.
0: I've never we seen played, it. And I'm dying
1: to. We played up on the banks of the Hudson uh, when I was at Chapel Hill and. uh just tra- etched in so much tradition, you know, riding in there to the stadium. And uh, listen, I, you know, when I grew up, you guys weren't even alive, but we had Lindsey Nelson was a CBS guy, you know, and he always wore those funky coats and, jer- you know, very plaid jackets and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we tried to imitate him when we were young kids talking. You know, Lindsey Nelson. And at the tail of the tandem, it's Dane Young taking the ball deep in the backfield, and we're riding in here to the sea to play the Black Knights of the Hudson. <laughs> so uh, it was it was great. Lindsey Nelson, I mean, we played in the in the uh, uh, Sun Bowl in '74, and he was doing the play-by-play for CBS, and I was in the press box. Uh, up as offensive coach for North Carolina in the uh, next, you know, the little next box there. So I'm listening to Lindsey Nelson talk about our tail back out of the ta- tail of the tandem and all. I'm trying to concentrate on the game. I'm that, God, Almighty, I got Lindsey Nelson over here doing the game when, you know, I got the meeting and everything. And it was such a great thrill for me. And I, I, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but seriously, uh, if you could go play a game at Army, wow. Just beautiful up
0: there. Yeah, let's, let's get Georgia, put Georgia on the schedule.
1: Yeah, but I'm 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 all for playing. I Wisconsin. would
2: probably go with Wisconsin only because on all of those like best college towns list, you see Madison, Wisconsin up there. You I say that's the only day, time I've seen.
1: You could have gone all day. All night, Marianne down by the seaside, sifting sand without bringing up Wisconsin. That's <laughs> one of the worst memories I ever had. We had a we had a back named Sleepy Floyd. That was his name. His nickname was Sleepy, and he was just a crappy he, nickname. He was just kind of a low key, but he was real quick. He was he's was like he looked almost like James Cook, and he's a great kid, great player out of St. Louis, and he dropped. Two punks. I'm not talking about one. We <laughs> dropped two inside the 15 yard line, and we had their ass beat. I mean, all you got to do is let the ball roll. Don't even touch it. And we lose to Wisconsin up there. Just one of the worst losses I ever had. I mean, what? Well, at least I mean, you're not
0: bitter about it, coach. At least, you know, at least you've, you've forgiven him.
1: <laughs> sleepy? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to start calling him dopey now instead of sleepy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a bad one. That was bad. Bad yeah, I'll, I'll say when Georgia faced Wisconsin in um, yeah, one of the bowl games, those folks came down to Florida, I think it was in Tampa, and they partied their ass off. That's the only time I've seen fans have a bigger tailgate in a wilder time than Georgia fans. I've always said Georgia oh, that's fans. That's a good before. memory. That's a good memory there. Yeah, those, those Wisconsin fans, they 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 know how to have a party. So, yeah, I'm my, with you there, Dane.
1: Mike Bubba um, and I were talking about that game the other day when I, I was over there for just a little bit before – uh, just say hello to him and welcome him back and I was kidding him about how he couldn't throw the ball in the ocean from a rowboat all oh, practicing and then all of a sudden he hits 26 out of 28 or something like that I mean just he said well coach you call a lot of screens for me I said well we had to, <laughs> we had to but boy did we ever stifle old old that big uh, Ron Dano I mean
2: nice. just hit him in the
1: backfield the whole game and then Robert and then I remember Landis Gary getting off in that game too. Just Oh, yeah. yeah. He was good. So, uh, and Hines, Hines, Corey, Hines, Allen, that was good. But anyhow, let's talk about the recent. We got that's a long answer on that question. What's next? <laughs> yeah?
2: Here's a pair of quarterback questions from Pollock. That's uh, David Pollock's name with the E-D on the end from UGASports.com. Uh, how does Coach handicap the battle to be Georgia's number two quarterback? And then also, what vibe are you guys getting in terms of Georgia's chances with Arch Manning?
1: Well, as far, hey, as, uh, as, as, far as the number two, oh, you going to answer it? Answer it.
2: No,
0: no. I, I was going to say I want to give uh, uh, Jeremy uh, – he sent a – on Facebook, he asked the exact same thing. He says, "What is the backup quarterback situation with Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift, and what is the difference in their games?" So, if you would uh, put all that together in your answer, I'd appreciate it. that will take care of two birds with one stone instead of us having to ask the same question twice.
1: Yeah, well, the, first of all, uh, Carson's had you know some really good experience here. Uh, made dramatic improvement from year one to year two. Not, he's got a good arm. Uh, has got uh, really good. Uh, presence about him and knows where to go with the ball and, you know, has an existing relationship from Monk and going to back when both he and his Monk and son were playing little league baseball when Monk was with the Jaguars. So, you know, they got good communication. And uh, I, I think he's certainly in a position where he can come in and be a, you know, valuable player for us. As far as uh, Brock, I mean, just dramatic improvement between spring practice last year and this year, just because of all the reps he got, being on the scout team, and the way he worked. He's a very, very competitive guy. You can just see the juices out there. He really he loves football and has a very talented skill set. I mean, he's got good movement, a big arm, uh, and is pretty accurate. Uh, to throw the ball as hard as he does. And then he's uh, got a good knowledge of the system now. I mean, he's not anywhere near where he's going to be. This is only his second spring practice, but I like what we got in those two guys. And then Gunnar Stockton, just being here as a, a true freshman, just to to be in a meeting room, to watch these guys, to, to see how they practice, to understand things. He's going to be way ahead of the game of, from not, as compared to coming in in the summer, and he'll get a lot of work this spring, uh, doing a lot of drill work, and and uh, I feel good about a quarterback. As far as Arch Manning, uh, that's our number one target. There's no question about it. Uh, that kid that just committed to Tennessee, uh, Rico, uh, you know, we Rico. talked about we talked about that a couple of times. is uh, a very talented guy, but he, he was in a position where he wanted you know, make a commitment, and we weren't ready for it. I don't know that we could have gotten it anyhow, but uh, w- but the whole point is Arch is the guy that we really have a lot of uh, things going for, and hopefully we can get him. Uh, he, he's a very talented kid. Uh, he loves ball. He had a good visit here last weekend uh, from all indications. Uh, what I like about seeing these guys is they, they come in there and they uh, get to meet with the players. Uh, see what we're doing, watch our tempo at practice. Uh, his dad, Cooper, is really big on uh, uh, interacting, you know, as a father, but he's going to let the guy make the decision. I mean, I'm not a real authority on the family, but I do know they they really like ball, you know what I mean? They, they're consumed by uh, all the little intricacies of being a ball player. So we got a good shot. I mean, of course, Alabama is always going to be strong with their – you know, all the guys that they put in the pros. And I guess Texas is lingering out there. I don't know. But uh, I feel like we got to get a shot as
0: anybody. Yeah. Coach, uh, with Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift, going back to Jeremy's question, who do you think is like the number two right now and what is the difference in their games?
1: Well, just because of the what we do, and, and when I say we, UGA, which I think is a fair way to do it, you always go with the upperclassmen uh, to start the spring practice, that's the only fair way to do it. I mean, you don't want to stick a fork in somebody. I'm not talking about these two guys that, but just say just say like you got a a guy that's uh, like uh, in, in the case of uh, Eric Gilbert out there, uh, tremendous talent got a lot of ability uh, potential has already been playing, but he hasn't been here as compared to seether and uh, and gody, so I'm sure. The, at this point, they started out ahead of him. Now, how long they'll be, who knows, but that's the only fair way to do it. And the same thing's true with uh, Beck. He's just been here longer. He's had more um, practice time with the twos and the ones. And uh, but, but we're going to see over the next couple of weeks, based on if I were the coach, which I'm not, but I know the way our coaches think. Uh, you got to say, what if, what happens if uh, something happens to Stetson? So you want to see how guys react playing with the ones. I mean, that's what, that's what you got to do. So I think both these guys will get some shots with the one. We know what Stetson can do. So uh, let's see how these guys react. So it's definitely a two-man race there. I, I mean, the difference is Beck has a little more experience with the system. Is uh, more of a drop-back guy. Uh, Certainly, uh, he can move okay, but you bring uh, bring Brock in there, he's the epitome of a spread quarterback. I mean, he can run the zone read. He's probably as good a runner as we've had back there as far as being and, uh, maybe not as quick as uh, Stetson, but certainly got uh, very good ball skills too. So, brings a little bit different element back there with what he does. So, uh, good situation for Georgia right now.
0: Yeah, uh, staying on the Arch Manning thing, we got a question from Dog in France. I don't know. Uh, Dog in France? France? Dog in France. Can you speak French? I, I, I hope so. I don't. I can speak a little Spanish, you know. All right. He said, how did, how did Arch Manning's visit go, which you just touched on? He says, What does that other quarterback committee to Tennessee mean for Georgia? And how much NIL money will it take to land Arch? So, um, uh, I, I, will, I will take part of uh-huh. this real quick. I will say I want to echo what Coach said. Uh, everything that I've been told was that Arch Manning's visit went really well, and the, the phrase I got was "as well as they could have hoped." Now, yeah, the you know there is, but who knows that? I mean, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, it, what, what, it, did, what did they hope? Did they the hope he was going to commit? <laughs> did they hope he was just gonna have a good time? I mean, it's
1: the coach. The, their coach, his coach, is doing a good job of of being an intermediary and he gets interviewed as soon as Arch goes somewhere. And he does a good job of talking about what happens and all he can go by is what Arch and Cooper tell him. But uh, yeah. I think for us to to say that it went well, I mean, we could say it went like dog shit. I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't know either one. I, I really don't and I can't say, But but I do know this. I've seen a guy when he's interacting here last spring, last summer, I was here when he was here for a one day camp. And you can tell, I mean, I've been coaching a long time and you can tell when a guy's genuine and when he's really into it. And he, and he's, as compared to body language that isn't and his body language was go dogs when he was here (laughs) in the summer. Now, I don't know about this last time because I didn't go over there on purpose so I couldn't say anything because I don't want to be asked and say it. But I would tell you this. His dad is a good guy. His granddad I know well uh, through the Hall of Fame and through a lot of things, and I know Peyton a little bit. Uh, So they – if you just listen to them and listen to Peyton talk ball and all that, these guys love the – gym rat type philosophy. You know what I mean? They just love being around sports and, and they love the energy that Kirby has at practice. I mean, you, if you come to practice here and you've never been to a uh, college practice is one thing, but if you've been to other ones and then come here, there's a lot of difference in the intensity here. And then some of the places I can tell you that now there's probably some that are as intense, uh, if they are, I haven't seen it, but um, we, we got the market on uh, organization, uh, teaching, and it's pretty evident when you see the results that we've had here in six years.
0: Uh, as for the part about the – Coach, I'd just prefer that you uh,
2: – I'd prefer you not talk to Peyton and Eli after they stole or watch a long idea and made millions of dollars off yeah, of ESPN. Yeah, that, like no, that That was our territory.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was something. And now, now our boy Kirk is gonna go with Amazon on Thursday night. And uh, I was talking to Bear yesterday, and I asked him if he was gonna go with him as uh in you know his little uh, inside man that shoots him stuff. And they got a also got a guy that's in security. And he said, "I'm hoping so. I I need some coin,
0: <laughs> <He laughs> want some <of> that Amazon
1: <laughs> coin, you know." So. Uh, but, I mean, they're paying some big money to Kirk and uh, and, the, and the play-by-play guy, Al Michaels. So uh, that's going to be big. You know, Thursday night, Amazon's going to be streaming.
2: Yeah,
0: free prime shipping for those guys, I guess. They
2: get
1: <laughs> how about how about, how about um, uh, Troy and Buck going to Monday Night Football, too? I mean, that's huge. They get the number one Fox people going to ESPN. I mean, ESPN laying out some money. Disney World must be doing pretty good.
0: <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, I did want to finish up with that uh, question about uh, what does uh, Re- Nico committing to uh, Tennessee mean for Georgia? I think Coach nailed it when he said that makes Arch your number one guy right now. So, uh, But they do have plans uh, B, C, and D in the works, and uh, we've had some of those stories at UJsports.com, so you need to check those out. Uh, I want to take a quick break and mention our friends over at Dead Soxie. Uh, They are one of our uh, best sponsors of not only this show, but our website as well. And we want to mention that you can sign up. If you go to their website, they will, if you want to just become one of their uh, new customers, you can give them your email address and they will send you a pair of free socks. So you get to try them, see what you think. And if you go through and if you do like I do, you go and check out reviews on companies and stuff like that. And I was reading through some of the reviews on Dead Socks, and it made me laugh because everyone said the same thing that I am. I'm like, I'm always skeptical of new products and things like socks. I think most of them are just basically a rip off or, you know, I'm writing a review about socks. Why would I ever do that? And I kind of I'm kind of the same way when Dead Soxy approached us said, hey, can we send you some products? Uh, we think you'll like it. And I'm like, it's I'm not going to be a shill for a sock company. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. And then they sent them to me and I tried them on. I'm like, oh, okay, these these are badass socks. So I started start looking into it and saw they had the uh, true state technology that keeps them up. They don't slide down. They're incredibly soft. They feel fantastic. You know, and I started thinking about some of the more successful brands of clothing that are out there. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you you don't really think about the socks. You think about what are the comfortable pants? What are the comfortable shirts? You see people on Shark Tank selling shirts and going crazy. And you come to realize, well, hell, you put on a pair of socks just about every day of your life. So yeah, why not have socks that feel the same way? So uh, do me a favor, check out Dead Soxie. Uh, remember that if you use a promo code UGA Sports, you'll get twenty five percent off your order. But read through the reviews. Don't take my word for it. Take actual reviews from people. You know, these are not made up. Uh, these are real reviews. Check them out, and I think you'll love it. So I want to give give them a shout out. Uh, While we're also talking about great reviews, I want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. If you look at their customer service awards, they win rewards all the time for having their best customer service. And that's because they're not pouncing on you the minute you walk onto the lot trying to sell you a car that, uh, you know, it's going to break down in 15 minutes. Everything they sell, you know, that's uh, new or under 80,000 miles has a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. they actually have vehicles on the lot. A lot of places do not right now. I know that uh, I had a friend reach out to me uh, from Macon saying, hey, uh, you mentioned them on the show. They say they have cars. The Macon market right now is thin on vehicles. So he's actually going to come up to Athens to look for a car there. So he's going to have to drive a couple hours or you know however long it takes to get from Macon to Athens, uh, basically to find a vehicle because uh, there's just not a lot where he's at. So point being, it's worth a trip and if you're dead set on getting something very specific, go to Athens Ford and click on the uh, custom order function. You can actually start a custom order and they will prep it exactly the way you want it. The trim packages, the styles, all that fun stuff, the colors, and then they'll, they'll build and deliver it to you. So uh, check out our friends at Athens Ford, and uh, that's back to back companies between them and dead socks. who are just going to give you ridiculously good customer
2: service. All right, let's go back to some questions from UGASports.com. This from Billy Zane. I have a child from Titanic. Um, Lots of talk about complacency or entitlement being a concern after winning the national championship. Do you think that's a valid concern, or does the depth of talent that Georgia has accumulated keep that to a minimum since every position will have plenty of talented guys competing for that starting spot? Good question. No, I would
1: say in some programs maybe uh, that – that are, you know, up and down a little bit on uh, their talent level. You could see that happen. But here, the consistency of the recruiting, uh, development in the weight room, there's just too much competition. The guys have been in really big uh, practice environments here. Uh, there's not that much of a drop-off as far as the talent. Maybe some uh, experience, but uh, your your age is your experience. You know, I mean, if you can, if you got talent, I'm going to always go with talent over experience. I mean, I've always believed in that. Uh, I remember the first time I really had any kind of big role in doing anything was at Florida State when I was a real young coach, and I had a young kicker who was very young. I mean, he's a freshman, and we were playing Pittsburgh up there, and uh, we had the ball, and we were going to kick a field goal. And I told the coach, I said, look – I don't know, but I'd like for him to really have some success. I don't know if he can make it. He said, well, if he can't, why'd you bring him on the trip? I mean, <laughs> he said, he's our kicker. He said, it's a field goal. Let him go. I said, yeah, I'd just like for him to make that first one. But, you know, which was dumb by me. But he went in there and he kicked it. But that's the point. If he's, if you make a decision to go with the young guy, then go with it. And uh, it, it's always been. You learn by experience as a coach, and that was something I learned right off the bat. Play the young guys, play the freshmen if they're the best players, and you see what we do with young guys here, that if they're not starting. They get to play on special teams, and they get experience. So complacency, I don't see that being a real issue here. Uh, the only thing that can knock us off would be some really serious injuries to key people in, in key roles or some guys thinking that, uh, you know, they're better than they are, which I guess that's a little bit like complacency. But that's that's overconfidence sometimes. But uh, you got to remember, as long as we got that guy coaching, the head coach here, I mean, there's not one person in our program. I'm talking about from the equipment room, to the training room, to the weight room, to the every facet of this program, those people are on point from him because they don't know what's going to get him off. You know, on <laughs> anything. So, uh, he, he's on top of everything, which I'm, I'm giving him a lot of credit for, but uh, uh, but he's not going to let anything be complacent. I can tell you
0: that. No, I'm with you. If you're, if you're one of those guys that think you're better than yours, like, hey, we want a title you know Kirby will put some film on there showing where you messed up and where hell 3 quarters of that game you look terrible and he will point that out to you in a heartbeat and he he'll say hey i've got five guys right behind you that can play your right. job do your job so uh you could be act like your uh, butt don't stink but that that won't, that won't last very long with Kirby or i mean hell you think uh, Brian McClendon's going to put up with that from a receiver? Or Stacey Sears is going to do that for the offensive line? Or Trey Scott's going to let one of his guys half assets on the defensive line? Those guys got pride, too, and they want to win a second one, you know? That's so, where that's where I think
1: having new coaches help a little bit just because of, of guys having to – that might think they, you know, know exactly what's expected from the other coach. Now they got a new one. you got to show him your skill level and all that. And so you can't – can't be flip-flopping around. But, you know, you're talking about the, the players understanding that they didn't do that great for three quarters. There's The coaches, every one of those guys understand there were some really some good opportunities missed as far as coaching too. And all of us have had that. I mean, every game I've ever coached, I look back and there's things I wish I could do over. But that's why you – but we do a really good job of uh, self-scowled and self-reflective. And, uh, you know, I read some today – Kirby was talking about how good some of these coaches try to improve themselves, talking to other guys. And, you know, just like, for instance, when those pro coaches were in here for the pro day last Wednesday, after we had our uh, show, uh, we had our show Wednesday night, I guess, but they, those coaches here, but I guarantee Kirby and those coaches get those guys. Hey, can we talk 15 minutes about your uh, red zone package or, could you talk to us a little bit about the uh, practice organization, or I mean, that's invaluable. You got Bill Belichick here, or or uh, my or Conley, You know, I mean, just those guys are good to have around and talk ball with.
0: I can't imagine the uh, football. This IQ is a bit of a softball
2: room. here from. Uh, <laughs> Bit of a softball from PA Dogs, six As Coach Donovan, in your opinion, does the offense have potential to be more explosive in 2022 as compared to last year?
1: Well, we were certainly explosive last year, made dramatic improvement on on big plays. One of the things that, that I enjoy about reading our uh, uh, site is we have you and Brent always coming up with these uh, different things that you uh, analyze, and Brent did a good job comparing – Our explosive plays on 2021 to 2020, and uh, I didn't realize that we were nearly as explosive as we were. But a lot of times we were, you know, in fourth quarters where we didn't even do anything. So we had three quarters of being ahead, and we didn't really do a lot. But I think the addition of Arian Smith will really help us from that standpoint. Having a trio of uh, Bowers, Washington, and Gilbert will help on the play action and then just the fact that ad mitchell has made so much improvement from last spring to the championship game to right now he gives you a guy out there that ex receiver that can go deep it uh, can can really catch the ball in traffic he's made a lot of big catches that when ball in the air and uh bennett throws that ball remarkably well so and then you add uh, you know 84 in there who can go over the middle good and then uh i think roddy Mentioned uh, the fact that all of a sudden you got uh, uh, Blaylock, Roseme, St. You know, got him back, and also and Jackson. Jackson, those three. So, uh, and both these backs can can hum it to uh, Milton and and uh, Kenny Mack, and you know Edwards is kind of slippery. I would say we would be a little bit more explosive just because of the play action game. That's where you really get the big plays, and the fact uh, our schedule. I mean, we're going against some defenses that aren't going to be that stout as far as stopping you. So I'll go out on a limb and say we'll have more explosive plays than we did last year. But last year was good
2: up yeah. 253 gives a natural follow-up. He says, looking at the difference in year one and year two from Brent Rollins' article in UGA in regards to Todd Munkin's offense. What makes a good play action quarterback? What enables some quarterbacks to have great success in Todd Munkin's system and maybe others that wouldn't?
0: Great question.
1: Well, the first thing is to, to have good play action. You've got I remember going to a clinic when I was a young coach and Doug Dickey was a coach at Tennessee at that time, and he was up there talking about the running game, but he also was talking about throwing the ball. He said, no matter what kind of system you're in in high school, you've got to be able to throw something good. (laughs) There comes a point where you've got to be able to have some bread and butter where you know that you can call this pass and it's not a waste down. It's something you have a really good chance of, of hitting to supplement your run game. So throwing something good is kind of an all-encompassing statement but you got to have something that you can go to whether it's a tight end across after a fake on the inside zone whether it's a tight end on an option route where you can read man or zone whether it's a three level uh, sprint out pass where you got a guy in the flat you got a guy in deep and you got a banana out behind that that guy in the flat like a, a flood route whatever it might be. All these things go into the play action game. But so let's say, where are we going to launch it? Are we going to launch it after being under center? You know, so many teams now are in the shotgun and it's so much easier to read a play action when the quarterback's already back there. But if he's under center, you got the disguise factor that, you know, you don't see him because he's big old guys and you're faking either a counter play or uh, whatever it might be and you're uh, getting some depth after your fake. So the real key on a play-action pass to me is it really a, a, a pass that's off a really good run or is it a deceptive one where you're trying to counter, you know, fake one way and then roll out or go to the actual naked, which is a bad word, but it really means you're out there, you're exposed, and you're counting on faking the defense, and you run into what we call a naked bootleg where you fake up in there and nobody pulls the block for you. You hope the end closes and you take it on the perimeter. So all of those are play action type actions that Stetson Bennett is a master at. I'm not talking about just average. He's a master play action pass guy. You look at all the passes he's thrown, all the elements of where he throws them, the way he can get away from the rush. Very seldom do we get sacked on a play action which was so unbelievable in the championship game. We got sacked four times on play-action passes because of mental errors by either somebody picking up the blitz or a receiver running the wrong route. We had four times where it was a a play-action pass that we got sacked, which is Mm -hmm. really terrible. So here's the point you got the you got that plus you've got the RPOs which we've discussed before which you call a run and then if it's not there you can throw the pass because they've stacked up to start the run so that's the difference between the two you got play action and RPOs and he's a master at the RPOs too because he's such a good faker and he can run you know if he keeps the ball he's as big a threat as he is throwing it on that so uh I would say we're in the upper echelon. We're in the top 1% in the country going into next year as far as being a play-action team. I would say, uh, you know, certainly Bryce Young's good at it at at Alabama, but uh, we're right there with anybody.
2: You had mentioned Arian Smith. Shonuf 253 had a second question. Who steps up as the deep threat at wide receiver? Is it Arian Smith if he's 100%?
1: I'd say Arian Smith certainly going to be there, but I also like Mitchell and McConkie. McConkie's so slippery. You know, he can get through what we call a read route on the – let's just coach him up a little bit. Let's say you have a free safety back there, and it looks like a one-high safety. You can have a one-high or a A two-high. Two-high means you can probably be playing two deep, either man under or zone. But a one-high means you can be three deep or man-free safety or what. So – the middle guy on the route is reading the free safety. If he closes and comes down on the run, he'll go over the top a, a lot like he did against the uh, Auburn. This Auburn. Year. Yeah. If the free safety opens to a too deep look, then he might banana in and try to get in between them and hook up. Or if he plays really deep, then he might run a kind of a perimeter route where he's just kind of crossing in front of him. So as much as the quarterbacks read uh, the receivers do too and what we talk about is, is the middle of the field open so you, you put uh, middle of field open or middle of field closed. If it's closed you're going to break the route off because there's no sense to try to outrun somebody that's lined up deep, you know what I'm saying so um, Munkin's got some really good read routes by the inside receivers and the same thing's true with different personnel in there where Brock Bowers is doing that you know, he broke one against Georgia Tech where safety was hanging, and he went right between him and he went right down the middle for a big one. So it's another way to run an RPO without running the RPO. You're actually running it off a of play-action pass. I hate to get into all this jargon here, but I like to talk a little ball once in a while. But the whole point is if, if you've got a play-action pass, and we used to do this at uh, Oklahoma we didn't call many play action passes, but we, we told Keith Jackson, you got an option route every time. If, if the middle of the field's open, go on and run the post. If it's closed, run a flag. If the corner's back, just run an out because it'd be ridiculous for us to call a deep ball to him over the middle against a three deep look. So we just called 86 wide choice and he just did what he wanted to, which was get open most of the time because nobody <laughs> could cover him. But, that's, that's the whole deal with college football now. Uh, a lot of pro stuff that Munkin brings where the receivers read the
0: coverage along with the quarterback. So the quarterback has to read it as well and know where his receiver is going to be. Right. But the middle of the, the
1: – if you had to talk about which – I I really think you've done a good job, coach. And listen to you talk about your coaching, little league, and all that, and coaching and everything. Right? I believe that you could even read the free safety where the middle feels open or closed. Though so we, we probably not. We can have a clinic on here, and the worst person in football doesn't even know if a football is blown up or stuffed <laughs> to figure out if the middle feels open or closed. I was no, no,
0: saying that. I'm just thinking when the, you had the, all the three options for Keith, and then when you have Lad McConkey, he's reading it and he's like, okay, I'm going to run this. Uh, I'm going to cut it off underneath him, you know, where he's going to wind up, you know, on right. that play. I mean, I'm that was. He's got to be able to look over everybody and see right. you know, where he's right. at. So, Well, that's where you have
1: indicators. And basically, most defensive banks are going to tell you, by the way, they open up their hips. Yeah. You know, uh, And the same thing with linebackers. If you're on the hash and the linebacker is going to try to get to the field, he's going to really have to open up his shoulders, you know, uh, to get there as compared to just kind of staying square, you know. So – or the depth of the defensive backs usually tell you whether it's man or zone. They're not going to play back a long ways and and try to play man coverage. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to read – you come out of the backfield as a quarterback, And I used to tell our quarterbacks this, one of the worst things you can do is waste seven seconds coming out of the hole. I mean, there's seven seconds that you got walking to the line of scrimmage where you can analyze the defense, get your head up, looking for those indicators. First of all, I'm going to look at that nose guard. Who's going to tell me what it's odd or even. Then I'm going to look at the linebackers depth. Then I'm going to look at the free safety. And he's going to tell me on my key. Now, if you're in a, in a different look where you don't huddle, then you can do, you have even more time to look at it. You know, you're already back there, you're looking at it. And uh, these guys spend an inordinate amount of time reading people. I mean, it's fun. I mean, that's what coach is all about Teach them how to read it. Same thing with uh, your running backs teaching them how to do protections and all, but uh, we got an intricate system, but the thing that helps us, We'd never see anything in a game that we haven't seen in practice because our defense runs everything in the history of football and create a few chapters, new chapters every year. So uh, we, we got it. We see it
0: every day. Well, speaking of uh, new chapters and things to read, you should go read the uh, academia brewing Company's Facebook page and check out some of the new chapters they have on beer. They've got two new ones out now uh, volume six, and their death ripper family of a hazy IPAs you gotta check out the death ripper. If you like, if you like a hazy IPA with, uh, uh, from crafted by some of the best guys in the business, check out our friends at Academy Brewing Company. And of course they have their sour syllabus. Uh, so for those people who like sours, they got those as well. And I wish I'd been in town for, uh, uh, St. Patty's day. They had their, uh, uh, slow roasted corned beef. They only do that on St. Patty's day. So, um, uh, they they, great place to go when there's uh, uh, days to celebrate. Check them out, you know. So again, if you want to read some new chapters and see some new things, some new options, always check out the Academia Brewing Company uh, Facebook page. They had a game night this uh, past Monday. Then last uh, week they had the, uh, uh, the St. Patty's Day stand up comedy show. There's always fun stuff going on out there, and uh, we appreciate you folks supporting them as well. And of course today is Tuesday and it's a, uh, it's the day you get double points if you use your Your Pie app. So if you want a great pizza, a great salad, a great sandwich, a great uh, uh, pasta dish, you can do that with our friends at Your Pie. If you want one of their signature pizzas, and I'm going to put up my signature pizza, the one that I get when I go out there all the time in the southern heat. It's got the buffalo sauce, the mozzarella, chicken, red onions and jalapenos, served with ranch or blue cheese. It's the best pizza in the world. And if you disagree and you eat any of the other ones, like the lineage or the barbecue or the ishka or the great white or the barbecue chicken, I, I'll respect you. Uh, just just not as much as if you would gotten a southern heat because you're obviously uh, are picking second best. So when you get a chance, order a your pie pizza, do it on the app. Get out your phone. Do it that way. Get the double points on your thing. And again, you get to pick your crust, your sauce, your all of the toppings and you just click the little button. I want this one, this one, this one, this one. It'll be perfect when you go pick it up or when you have it delivered. So it, you can customize it just like you would if you walked into a subway. Uh, exactly the amount that you want, and they will make a perfect pizza for you, and you will absolutely love it. So uh, when you get a chance, hit up your pie and order from them. There should be one near you if you're pretty much anywhere in the southeast.
2: Uh, what are some of our other questions, Dane? All we have- right, we have three more questions. Yeah, three more from the dog, Vent Charlotte Dog says, Uh, that he's reading Irk Russell's book and saw that he lettered in tennis. Coach Donnan, did you ever have the opportunity to play tennis with or against Irk Russell?
1: Yeah, I played with Irk a couple times. Uh, He's a very good athlete, you know, just sounded self-taught and uh, had a little advantage because I played a lot more than he had, but uh, very competitive guy. And, uh, you know, he didn't butt me in the head or anything like he did (laughs) But he's a good player, and I enjoyed the comradeship, too. I mean, he, we had a lot of good talking in between.
0: That's awesome. I
2: think there's a subtle way of saying NY I want... From dog 34 thinking of how Georgia recruits special teams athletes, this Coach Donham believe the best course is to offer a full scholarship to a player before they're in Athens, or have them accept a preferred walk-on and then earn the full scholarship?
1: You're talking about kicker or place kicker or something like that, or just an athlete? Just a
2: special... <laughs> just says, says special team athletes, so yeah, how would you interpret think,
1: that? I don't think you can delineate that to the point where you give a guy just a scholarship because of special teams, but you know, you're know you going to give a, an athlete as a, as a wide receiver, a DB, uh, running back that you, you feel like his skills will help you in the special teams, but you, you need to supplement that position more than you would just give a guy a special teams uh, scholarship.
2: And then uh, final one from the vent, this is from Zinger Dog. Uh, Donnan generally has a particular guy from the incoming class that he's really high on. Example being Jalen Carter. Does he have a guy uh, on this year's freshman class or has it changed since they've been on campus? And it sounds like you've got like five, frankly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I like Williams. uh, Just going to be Williams uh, as a defensive end coming in there. i also like Walker from North Carolina linebacker Everett corner. I like uh, Marset, the the defensive, I mean the wide receiver. I think all of the four of those guys got uh, really got a lot riding on the table for us jumping in there and playing pretty quick. Maybe not to the extent that Carter, uh, just, you know, Carter is just once in a lifetime player, but, uh, all these guys got good people skills too. good talkers, good fit in good with the program. And just amazing to me that you could help your team. If you just put it like this, in this perspective, you lose so many good players. We're going to see it in the draft and you lose some good kids too. But the way we supplemented those guys, the ones we got coming in looked like you just hand painted those guys to be the next person at that position. So, we got really good, good guys coming in here as a class to make up for the ones we just lost. And the last two years, we got some too. Uh, You look at the guys are getting ready to play a lot more. So uh, it's a good looking football team athletically, uh, really good looking. uh, And that's one of the things I get to look at. Sometimes I don't go to practice much, but I watch them in the off-season program, and the way they can run and jump and lift, and just makes my mouth water.
2: I like the uh, Roddy. Isn't it always funny how coach mentions a guy? So in this case, uh, De De Nylon Morris said. I had not heard much about him over the last what. Month or two, and then three weeks ago, coach says, "Hey, you need to watch out for this Morris set at wide receiver." And then all of a sudden, all over my Twitter feed, all over these other media outlets, I see people saying, "Yeah, you need to watch out for Morris set And I'm thinking, "Where did you hear that from?" Yeah, hey,
0: I mean, I'm not like a Brock Bowers last year, who was talking
2: about him, coach. Hey, I
1: I will take credit for Bowers uh, for, from <laughs> Jordan stand, Davis from standpoint of pointing him out, but I hate that. That's why we're on the show. I mean, people can, I mean, I don't mind giving you my opinion, but it's not hard to pick these guys out. I mean, and wait till you see Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah. I mean, when we Is play. Is that him calling right now? Yeah, that might be Marvin's dad. <laughs> when we play, when we play Oregon, I would like for two guys to get off the bus first. Carter, and then Marvin Jones. Get off the bus and let Dan Landing see him.
0: <laughs> this is what you missed out on, Dan. Uh, you no, know, and I remember you mentioning uh, A.D. Mitchell uh, after I – I won't say I put down A.D. Mitchell, but I'm, when he had that huge spring last year in the spring game, you know, because a lot of wide receivers were banged up, and he had, what, five, seven catches tore off. I said, yeah, we see this a lot with – wide receivers really doing well in the spring game. You know, go to Jonathan Rumpf, guys like that, and they would just show up, show out, and you're like, wow, this guy's going to be a, a monster come uh, fall, and it never happened. And I mentioned that, and Coach is like, no, nah, that's uh, – if he can do it here, he can do it in the fall. And sure enough, A.D. Mitchell – he took,
1: he took advantage of Pickens being out, and, yeah. uh, well, you know, Pickens went down in the spring. And I will remind you of this because – I'm about a hundred percent on when I meet a guy and really feel good about it. But the first year that he was here, he came here for for bowl practice and then he got COVID and he couldn't practice. And then he had to leave and everything. And my daughter was coming in here uh, from the airport and I couldn't go get her because of Mary's situation. But so she took a shuttle and I picked her up over there at the, uh, Georgia center, and he was waiting to leave, and he had on his Georgia gear, and I thought I knew who he was, but I introduced myself and started talking to him. He said, yes, Coach said, "Uh, I've been here, but I hadn't been able to practice, but I've been around these guys, and I'm fired up. I can't wait to spring. I'm coming back. I'm going home for a little while, and he says, I'm telling you one thing. He said, we're going to kick Baylor's ass or something. (laughs) Whoever we Was Was that who we played two years ago? Yes, sir. Yeah, he said Dude, those guys are ready to go. He said Pickens going to eat them up. And he told me that, and that's just the first time I ever met him, and uh, it was impressive. So uh, maybe, maybe it was I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was about Baylor or what, but just meeting him out there, I can't remember. It was impressive, very impressive.
0: Uh, that's that's a guy, and uh, we you know, we asked around. We we didn't get to see practice last week, so we we're asking people inside the Buttsmere building, who are you hearing about? And they admit, they're like, this guy had a monster uh, practice Saturday. Uh, amongst the freshmen, they mentioned uh, Michael Williams just being an absolute beast. You know, we heard about Denyla Morissette. And now the thing about Morissette is I know some of our recruiting guys are like, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. You know, he's definitely a, a good receiver. But towards the end of his high school season last year, uh, I know Jed May and Blaine had seen a lot more of his games. They're like, this kid is actually – he's, he's, he moved way up in their rankings. And sure enough, this spring – We've heard good stuff about said as well. So that's just – that's the buzz we hear. We don't get it like Coach does. But, you know, we ask who we people are buzzing about inside the building. That's a couple of them. Here's the thing about this guy. Up at the line of scrimmage. I
1: mean, he, oh, can, yeah. he can get off the ball. And, uh, I mean, Kiwi Ringo has got to be on his key be ready to rock when this guy comes off the line. See, he's got good quickness. And uh, I love it. he'll be uh, – It'll be somebody can help us. We got we're gonna be good at receiver, and uh, I and
0: mean he's, he's gonna be a very good ambassador too for the university as well. You know, you do yeah. not, I don't think he can be as good as Cedric Van Praan or Jalen Walker. Those two are that's uh, that's your that's your presidential ticket, you know, in in <laughs> a few years. But that's uh, those two guys. Their oratory skills are off the charts. But
1: yeah, Jalen uh, Walker is a complete man already. I mean, just he, he 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 looks like Quay Walker out there. I mean, Jesus. <laughs>
0: Wow, and again, I, 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 the interview I did with him after the day after he committed, or the day he committed, up in uh, North Carolina. Which the two best things that day was his speech and me going over to uh, that barbecue place you mentioned, Coach. That yeah, was- that makes
1: Stamey's barbecue, Stamys, Yeah, cool.
0: I don't know which was better. Those were those were two good uh, highlights of that day. But again, you talk about going back and watching an interview. Go watch. Do a Google search on our channel for Jalen Walker commitment video. And if your kid is not your number one uh, linebacker uh, that you're excited about, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's the best one out there. I'm just saying, but from a, if you're a Georgia fan, and this is a guy who represents your university, you're going to be thrilled with uh, him as well. So.
1: Hey, we anyway. need to, we need to find out. I saw today where they going to have the spring game on ESPN two. We might all think about watch a long show there, but uh, there you go. Who knows? But uh, anyhow, Appreciate everybody watching, and uh, I'm going to go out here and play some tennis. All
0: right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. We ran a little long today because uh, we got started a little bit late. Is uh, usually my fault as usual. So we appreciate uh, you uh, everybody tuning in with us, and we will see you next Tuesday at noon. Uh, Shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Athens Ford, Europai, Academia, and Dead Soxy. Please hit them up and let them know that you heard about them on our show. It would mean a lot to us, and we will see you next Tuesday at noon. Take care.